0: Hello and welcome to the Brookwood Church Sunday Message Podcast. Today we continue in our series on the fruits of the Spirit and our senior pastor, Perry Duggar, is bringing a message on patience. You can find our weekly message outline and many other resources on our website at brookwoodchurch.org or on our Brookwood app. What has mercy done for you? Do you have something to say? You are asked that question. What has God's mercy done for you? Thank you, Mark. We continue our spring series, Cultivating Character. Take out your message guide. First two panels is the outline, as you know. And we're focusing on really just two verses out of Galatians 5, 22, 23. And I've just put a portion of it there on the outline to bring us up to date, where we are today. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience. Now these character traits are produced by whom? Yeah, yeah, get particular with me. God. Who chose that ice cream? God. How'd you get that dog? God. Let's get a little specific. This is the fruit. Yes, God, there's a Godhead, a trinity of three persons, but let's get particular. So, who produces fruit within you? Holy Spirit, in particular. You know, we teach children Jesus is in my heart, but it's not actually Jesus in anyone's heart. Jesus came, became a man, died so the Holy Spirit could fill your life and regenerate you in particular. But it's the Spirit within us that produces these changes. See, without the Spirit, it's just you trying harder, right? And how successful has that been? It works for a while. So you get frustrated, disappointed. So it's the spirit within us. That's the power. That's the force that's conforming us to Jesus Christ. You say, well, what's my role? Well, you can find it there in Galatians 5, just a, a little bit down. Galatians 5, 25. If you're holding the Bible, turn there. Or I have it here on the screen. It's just a couple of verses down in the same context. So we are living by the Spirit. Since we are living by the Spirit, what does that mean? We're living by the Spirit. Yes, but your life is because of the Spirit. That's where we begin. You're alive spiritually spiritually. Because of the Spirit. You're born again because of the Spirit. If you don't have the Spirit, you don't have spiritual life. You don't have eternal life. So, since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. How do I follow the Spirit? You have an idea? How you follow the spirit? Read his, Read his word, that's a good way. Pray. Listen. listen. Who said listen? Come up here. I'm going to give you a big squeeze. <laughs> listen. Listen to his spirit. Well, that's hard. Yes. It takes practice, becoming sensitive to the promptings of the Spirit of God within you. How many of you think that you can discern the Spirit of God within you at some level? Let me see some hands. Put them up. Okay. Doesn't mean always perfectly, but you can, you can recognize this isn't just my thinking. This is, this is a thought that's coming from the spirit of God and it will as Roland said but what the spirit tells you will always be consistent with God's word because this isn't an exact science we can admit that can't we I think with practice we get better at being able to tell when it's the spirit and when it's you know, what I ate last night or my own thoughts. But when you're hearing something, you think is the spirit saying this? Well, if you initially realize or recognize that it violates scriptural teaching, it's not the spirit. That's an easy check off right there. And as we follow the spirit, some translations say walk with the spirit or walk in the spirit. He cultivates fruit. And this fruit is Christ-like character so when the, what the spirit's doing is he's making you a reflection of jesus romans eight twenty nine. you know that a few years ago was very popular what would jesus do a lot of you had bumper stickers you had bracelets that's a great question because if the Spirit's active within us, we're going to look more like Jesus. Now, you remember or reflect on when you were born again. Might have been a year ago, maybe a decade ago. Might be 20 decades. Not 20, you wouldn't be that. That'd be too much. <laughs> Might be a couple of decades. You ought to look more like Jesus today than you did when you started. And I'm not talking about better behavior. I'm talking about a change that everyone can see and you experience. Well, how do I walk with the Spirit? Give me some more help. Well, a couple of things the Scripture says. Avoid resisting the Spirit. Acts 7, 51. Well, is that like the conscience? It might feel like that. The problem is human conscience can become seared. And you it no longer has any effect. Or it can become marred and you don't feel any guilt. That's not the Spirit of God. So you can resist the Spirit, Acts 7 51. You can quench the Spirit, 1 Thessalonians 5 19. You can grieve the Spirit, found in Ephesians. And so, in all those ways, you can resist, you can drag your feet, you can be reluctant. That will slow down what the Spirit's doing in your life. I mean, a clear example of how we grieve the Spirit, how we quench the Spirit, quench, uh, some translations say, put out the Spirit's fire, is that we practice habitual sin. And we know we're doing it, and we say, well, everybody sins. Well, that's a sure way, that attitude's a sure way to quench the Spirit's work. No, not everybody sins. In some absolute terms, sure. But we're talking about attitude. But if I say, here's this sin that I like, and I'm indulging it, I'm tolerating it, it's part of me. It will cause you or me to become insensitive to the Holy Spirit. And we will miss what he's communicating to us in several different ways. It's personally... But it might be that voice. Now you say, well, I don't know that I've ever heard the voice of God. Well, he sounds similar to you. When God speaks to me, he sounds Southern. (laughs) You know, you hear on television, God has a deep baritone like this. (laughs) Well, God doesn't talk like that to me. But... When God speaks to you, He's not going to sound like me either. He, he'll sound more like Fenton, maybe. But, um, <laughs> but God does communicate to us. And you say, "Well, I have a hard time recognizing it immediately." Yes, it takes some practice. But, but there's a different weight. There's a different subject matter. It's not along the same line that you were already thinking. There's a certain theme to it. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes we hear through impressions, but again, you have to be beware when you worship. And, you know, I, I'm encouraged. So many of you lifted not only your voices, your hands, and there's nothing. I'm not trying to make everyone listen, lift their hands, but I would like to urge everyone to participate, bless you in worship. Because when we, when we participate in worship, we We align ourselves with what God is doing. And a lot of times, God's Spirit will confirm in you the very words you're singing. Is that true? And sometimes He adds other instruction or other truth as you're worshiping. Because see, you already have an attitude of openness to God. So I urge you, please participate. Sometimes it's through the Bible. Now, we read the Bible every day. But there are times when the Spirit of God just takes a verse and illuminates it. And when that happens, it changes how we think. It's always good to read the Bible and you know what what God's truth is. But there are certain times when certain passages are revealed to us so that they affect us. They change us. Sometimes it's from the words of other people. God speaks through other people. Sometimes even through circumstances. But you have to beware of, you know, watching circumstances and trying to predict whether it's God or not. You can make, almost, you can make circumstances mean almost anything, can't you? Just making a habit of prayer. You know, sometimes you pray and not much happens. Is that true? I have a friend, Eric, you know, and he, we were talking about fasting. And he said, well, does it always do something? I said, well, sometimes I just get hungry. <laughs> but sometimes God speaks. You see what I'm saying? Because I'm putting my life in an attitude of responsiveness. So we do some things. We pray. We study the Bible. We fast. And you can fast from food all day, one meal. You can Fast from media, something. Take something away. Spend that time focusing on God. Take some time in solitude. Man, some of us are so miserable unless we, you know, have that phone or we got something going. Start with an hour. Take just an hour away from it. Work your way up to 24 hours. Then work up to a week. You know what I'm saying? Make some room for God to speak, for his spirit to lead reading some studies about the, 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 the power of addiction to phones. It's a real phenomenon. Parents, don't let your kids get in there. Help them by taking those suckers away from them. <laughs> Give them little windows. Today's focus is on the fruit of what? Patience. And none of you need to be here, right? Theme verse, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. That's, you can memorize that one. So what is patience? Well, it's translated from several different Greek words, New Testament words. The most common one is this one. It's, it's I think they'll put it up there. It's Ameo. Now, I don't care whether you can pronounce it or you even remember it. What I want you to know is that there are different words that are that are translated into the same English words, and they have different shades of meaning. That word that's very commonly used is patience, forbearance, endurance, or long suffering. That's the way it's translated in the King James. And so the word literally means long, that's macros, and it means long in terms of time. And then soul, which is the seat of feelings and passions, and that's from the Greek word thymos. So it's kind of saying long soul. Or put not, lit, not quite so literally, to be long of feeling, not reacting. Long of feeling to delay anger. For our purpose... It means to respond to situations and circumstances as Jesus would, without anger or irritation. Not because on this particular day we have more self-control, but because our character has been changed. Because the Spirit alters our nature. And And the fruit of the Spirit then becomes part of who we are, part of our identity. It'll feel like this. Has something happened recently to you that would have really irritated you a while ago? And you had no response. Anybody? That happened to anybody? It's just not in there, is it? That's not you exercising better self-control. That's the Spirit of God has reshaped your nature. That's what a spiritual gift is. That's what spiritual fruit is. So here's my question as we start. Are you a patient person? I want everyone to answer this question at the same time in unison. Are you a patient person? You know what? Though I love the candor, I think no outweighed yes. I heard a few sometimes. Did we have a sometimes? There's Some, Oh no! Don't pray. Don't praise that. Sometimes is an inadequate answer. Do y'all want to tell me why? because it means your nature hasn't been changed. It means that you're just exercising this human better behavior, which works until you're depressed, until your mom's sick, until you're overworked, you know, overstressed at work, you're angry with your spouse, something, then it's gone. No, no, that had never been changed, because it's who you become. You see what I'm saying? Now, we're going to look at several ways uh, that patience is essential. Just a couple of applications. First, patience is essential to accept the shortcomings of others. Now, this arises... I heard somebody groan over there, a grunt or something. (laughs) This arises frequently when you're interacting with other people. And it pertains to enduring irritations, tolerating Deficiencies in other people. oh you're, you're hugging him over there. I don't know if you're helping him or you <laughs> People often behave in ways that, although not directed right at you, irritate you, disappoint you, sometimes make you very angry. Is that true? A slow driver ahead of you. A friend who's late for an appointment because he's constantly late for appointments. A neighbor who allows his dog to use your lawn for the bathroom. What well, do you own the dog or are you the doggie? Or a child struggling to learn algebra. It might be something as simple as an unconscious habit of a family member that gets magnified because of close daily association. So it drives you crazy. Despite the fact that some of us have very irritating people around us, the Bible doesn't allow... Unchristlike treatment of them. Look at Ephesians 4. Always be humble and gentle. How often? Always. Well, you know that person that irritates you so frequently? Does it involve her? Does it include him? Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. Because of your love. If we are prone to criticize and scold people for their flaws and defects, something is missing in who? In us and me. And it's at least a lack of love. 1 Corinthians 13. Look at all the ways this just these two verses apply. Love is patient and kind. That means love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. That's a tough passage, isn't it? And say y'all would have just said, oh, 1 Corinthians 13 is so beautiful. No, it's painful. See, if we love someone, then we'll be very resistant, very hesitant to wound that person with our helpful comments. How many of you think your critical comments changes the person? Or improves the relationship. Well, so if you don't really think it's going to result in that improvement, and it's going to probably weaken the relationship, why do we do it? See, it's almost compulsive, isn't it? See, impatience with the shortcomings of others is caused by what we believe about ourselves. Road rage reveals something about who? Me. Not the driving of the other person. You see this? Your responses are only and always about you. If you're almost unable to stop commenting on somebody else's weaknesses... You're displaying the need to demonstrate that you are smarter or more capable, not susceptible to that behavior. And and perhaps you do possess some greater skills or talents, perhaps even greater intelligence, superior to another person. But why would you comment about it if you do truly know that what you have, you receive from God. I mean, some of you in this room are very, very smart. Some less so. Some of you are extremely good looking. I didn't say I numbered in that group. What are, you, what are y'all doing over there? But if we believe we are crafted from the hand of God, why do we boast and brag and compare ourselves favorably with others and have the need to criticize someone that might really be less gifted? Doesn't make any sense, does it? See, criticizing someone, which we call impatience, is really based on... My doubts about my own competency. Road rage, you feel disrespected somehow. Your child's struggling. And maybe it maybe reflects on you negatively. You may not even be aware of it, but why are you so worked up? Okay, your kid makes a C in algebra. He can't ever figure out the hypotenuse of a... I don't even know what a hypotenuse is, but an isosceles triangle. I don't know what those words mean, but I know them. So where we are now, let's ask God to reveal what it is motivating my critical comments about other people's shortcomings. Because there's a motivation, there's a cause, and the cause is in here, mind and heart. Patience is also essential to persevere through adversity. Another aspect of patience involves enduring mistreatment and abuse. Now, before I start this point, I want you to hear me clearly on this. I am not in any way saying indulge physical or sexual abuse. You hear me? But we are addressing suffering. Some of us are suffering through some mistreatment. Maybe at home, maybe at work. But I'm not saying that by faith you accept sexual abuse and mistreatment. Okay, everybody clear on this? Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. And keep on praying. That hooked you back into God. This is a different Greek word. This is huponino, huponino. And what it means literally is to stay under. Hupo means under, or it can be behind. So you stay under, you undergo, or you bear trials. It means to persevere. It means to endure. And here the King James again translates it, long suffering. This type of patience is the ability to suffer a long time from the mistreatment of others. But here's the hard part. Without growing resentful or bitter. It includes, this mistreatment includes enduring practical jokes. Being the the target, the butt of jokes is painful. Painful. It also includes malicious wrongs such as ridicule, scorn, insults, undeserved rebuke. As well as outright persecution, Paul writing to people who were suffering for their faith, being imprisoned, even being killed for their faith. The spiritual fruit of patience that suffers long is based, as I said, all of our responses are based on beliefs. This, the ability to endure patiently is based on the belief in the justice and the faithfulness of God. If I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit who revealed this to me, that God will never abandon or forsake me, that God will punish mistreatment appropriately, I can release the need to hold someone accountable for their offenses. You know how we do that? Through anger and through unforgiveness. The core issue in all unforgiveness is that he'll get away with it. She might do it again. And even though you're not controlling them with your unforgiveness, it feels like you are, doesn't it? If we keep pursuing God, if we're transformed by His Spirit, then we will release the need to have people who have hurt us punished. But the scripture says, God says, vengeance is mine. Yes, because only God knows how to do it appropriately in the right amount, in the right measure. And it's for us to keep our hands off of completely. And notice that Jesus prayed for the very people who beat him, who slapped him, who ridiculed him, who crucified him. Father, forgive them. And yet some of us won't pray that toward people who've irritated us or said something harsh about us or to us. See, we are eager to punish. But God's eager to forgive. Do I want people who have hurt me forgiven and healed are harmed and punished. The person that's in your mind right now, pray that God blesses that person beyond what he blesses you. If you can't do it, there's your answer. And what does my attitude reveal about my beliefs? Well, does the Spirit produce this fruit in us like all at once or gradually? Well, it appears all at once like a, like a bud on a fruit tree or bush. But it develops gra- gradually because the bud is a little small thing and, and, and it does become a flower and then it closes back and becomes a fruit and the fruit grows and ripens and that's the way spiritual fruit happens. It does start but it may not be too luscious in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Some of us are changing, you know. You grow up with very critical parents, you're going to tend to be critical. You know, you're going to tend to be, you grow up in an insecure environment, you're going to tend to be perfectionistic. I'm exhibit A. Unfortunately, you influence your children's lives with that. Boy, I wish I could raise my children at 60 instead of how I did in my 30s. James 1 2 through 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Does anybody have troubles of any kind? I want to see some hands. Any kind. Do you think it's an opportunity for joy? Are you mad? Are you angry? Are you resentful? That's all human. You say, well, 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 that's just normal. Well, yes, it's normal. But if you're born again, you are abnormal. You aren't ordinary, you're extraordinary. So why would we wanna live human when we can live supernatural? Troubles of any kind. So all of you that raised your hand, you have an opportunity for joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Will it grow when your faith's not tested? Gosh, I'm not gonna let y'all go. I'm gonna teach you patience. I'm not letting you go home. When you're not tested, does your endurance grow? No. You want to grow spiritually? It's coming with pain. I'm not trying to be funny there. That's absolutely the truth. You develop spiritual muscle the same way physical muscles. It is grueling and painful. For you know when your faith... Is tested. Your endurance has a chance to grow. That doesn't mean it does automatically. Test might yield nothing depending on your attitude. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Doesn't mean you'll have everything. But you'll be content with Christ where you are. See, the process that this this describes is refinement of our faith. I don't think we're there yet. We think it's our Christian obligation to complain when we have trouble. But yet, the scripture says it's to be joyful that God's doing a work within. See, here's the point we say, oh, I made it through that trial. You just existed through the trial. Trial just pass over you or by you. You know, we don't really cause them to go any faster, do we? Sometimes we're mad all the way through. Trials eventually end. The result, if we bear under the trial with the right attitude, patience will be developed which is, here's, here's what patience is in this instance. It's the ability to trust God in the midst of misery. If you're complaining, whining, fuming, fussing, you're not trusting anybody. You see the point? So you gotta believe there's a purpose in your pain. One, one important aspect of, of the spiritual fruit of patience is the ability to endure hardship with hope. Now, you know, I was thinking about this. Culturally, we have we have redefined what the word hope means. If you say, Well, Perry, do you think God's gonna work this out? And I go, Well, I hope He will. Is that a positive or a negative? It's skepticism. See, we took a word, the word hope that's a positive based on faith, and we've made it a word expressing doubt and skepticism. I hope. Mm -mm. Hope is I know God's going to deliver in his fashion, in his time, and the way he wants. And I can rest there. In fact, we can even be cheerful in suffering because we know God's doing a greater work. 1 Peter four nineteen. So if you're suffering in a manner that pleases God, that means the right attitude, the right outlook. And you keep on doing what's right. You don't, you don't stop because you're mad. You don't resentful toward God. You're not pitching a fit, walking away. You keep on doing what's right. And you trust your lives to God who created you for he will never fail you. Can you keep on doing what's right? Can you trust God? See the belief there? I may be suffering. My life might not be where I want it at all. But I believe he will never fail me. Boy, that's a lot different than complaining, isn't it? Patience, you see, makes it possible. We don't really do anything to endure. We just wait on the Lord. We sit still in the midst of trials and we have hope that God is doing his work of transformation within me. A lot of you raised your hands with problems, current problems. Is it possible that God can be transforming you in the midst and through The vehicle of those problems. You believe that? That's what we're talking about in terms of patience. So what's my attitude and what's my outlook when suffering? Well, I thought that it was my obligation to complain. You're going to miss that spiritual fruit development. Finally, patience is essential to trust despite delay. Patience is needed when we've been praying for something, something important, perhaps for many years, and nothing seems to be happening. It might be the salvation of the loved one, it could be the resolution of some conflict or problem, it could be the fulfillment of some long awaited desire, like having a child. And the scripture helps us as we wait by telling us the stories of many, many people who were loved by God, for whom God had a a purpose and a plan, but yet they suffered lengthy delays before their fulfillment. Look at Romans 15. That's what it means. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago, Old Testament, to teach us the stories of all these people And the Scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently because we see the way God faithfully worked in these people's lives. Now, wait patiently is that one Greek word. It's patient continuance. It's waiting for God's promise to be fulfilled. May God who gives this patience and encouragement, see, it's a gift from God. It's not an exercise of will help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. You see, if I'm angry with God, that anger spills over to some other folks. If I'm at peace with God in the midst of my suffering, guess what? I'll be at peace with people. See, maturity, a definition of maturity is the ability to wait. The ability to delay gratification. You know, isn't it interesting that our culture is, is, um, well, it's rotting away. Because the idea that you would delay gratification until an appropriate future time is almost absent in our culture. It's do what you want and do it now. And how dare anybody question it. Isn't it interesting? In, in terms of sexual purity and marriage, there's, there's a greater assumption in our culture that premarital sex is going on than that than it's not. Abraham waited 25 years for the birth of his son Isaac. Moses led Israel how many years in the wilderness? 40. That sound like a while to you? And... and He'd already been to the Jordan River once. 40 more years, comes back, does he get to cross? He never entered the promised land. God mistreated him. No, God loved him and was his Lord every day in the wilderness. David was anointed by Samuel as a young teenager in all likelihood, but he didn't become the king of Judah for at least 15 years. And that's only Judah. He became the king also of Israel seven more years later, more than 20 years from his anointing to taking the throne of the whole country. And David wrote this Psalm about waiting. Be still in the presence of the Lord. Wait patiently for him to act. And then here's why it's hard. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Boy, it's hard for us sometimes, isn't it? when we look around and we're trying to be godly and these ungodly people, they get the promotions, they get the spouse, they get the house, they get the children. Read Psalm 73 when you see the wicked prosper. One thing that tests tests our patience with other people is when when they get what they are wanting and they're getting ahead and we're still waiting. But as I said before, what we believe about God will determine our response to our situation. Whether we're patient. If I truly believe God knows my needs, God cares about me, God always keeps his promises, then I can wait. And I can wait hopefully. Hopefully. I can even wait cheerfully, believe in his plan and timing is perfect and it is best for me. You got to grow something to get there, don't you? The answer, you see, to all my needs, all my needs is God, not what God gives. The answer to my needs is not getting what I want, it's getting God. Hebrews 10, think back on those early days when we first learned about Christ. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. In other words, while you're suffering, these people were in pain. He said, okay, you continue to to obey. Then you'll receive all that he's promised. See, some of the things that we are really upset about God for not delivering to us, he has never promised. It's okay to ask for whatever you want. That's what I taught my kids. Y'all can ask for anything you want respectfully. Didn't mean they get it, but they were allowed to ask. They're in their 20s. They still ask, but, but, but God is only obligated to provide what he has promised. If I trust God, I want what God wants for me. And I will be able to wait patiently for his provision, which is refining my faith. So how well are you waiting? You know, as I close, those of you who said, I'm dealing with something, something painful, some struggle, why don't you just raise your hand? I don't have you stand, because some are seated and some are standing. I'm gonna just pray a blessing from a scripture over you. Counselors, you come to the front. They'll be here after the service as long as you want. They'll pray with you. They'll anoint you with oil. They'll talk with you to help you in your struggles. May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of the love of God. May God fill you with His love. May He teach you by His Spirit that He cares for you and He's concerned about everything you care about. And may you also have an understanding and an expression of the patient endurance that comes from Christ. May God bless you with the fruit of patience starting right now. Thank you for coming. You have a good day. at Brookwood Church our desire is to assist you in pursuing a relationship with Jesus so that you can experience transformed life if you have any questions about this message or you would like to request prayer we encourage you to visit our website at brookwoodchurch.org forward slash get help you can also find our message archives on our websites or on our Brookwood app thank you so much for listening and have a blessed week